comes, check out one use one time in person. Charlotte quickly has, and her helping friends have got some Bibles here. So if you don't have one, grab one and we'll follow along with that soon. So is that cool? Grab a Bible, grab a Bible, grab a Bible. Let's say thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, Charlotte. Now, all of us here, we are the mature one youth, yeah? Yeah? So we can all talk, yeah? So tell the person next to you, well, I can talk. I got a voice. I got a voice. And so people like Sam are brilliant. People like Carlos are brilliant. But all of you can be brilliant at speaking me down, encouraging me. And when I say good point, even if it's not a good point, speak, speak and encourage me. If you're listening on a podcast, on a plane, on a train, on a bus, speak encouragement anyway. Yeah, good. Uh, again, podcast isn't it? Speak it up and encourage me. So my sisters here think I'm funny because I'll be listening to a message and something. I'll be like, yeah, come on, that's good. And they'll be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm encouraging the speaker because I want to get to a habit. If I can encourage the speaker through a TV screen, I'll encourage him in live at a church. Yeah? So it's weird, but it's good. And plus, it's reaffirming it in my spirit. So we, all, we can all do that today. So grab that Bible you have. And go to the book of Psalms. Now, it starts with a P. Say P. 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 So it's, it's, it's spelled Psalms, but it, it says it's English Psalms. We say it's Psalms, but it's spelled Psalms. And that's right in the center of your Bible, right in the center of Psalms. And go to chapter 38. Say 38. He ate. What six sixes? He ate and he ate and fell sick on the floor. Eight eight to 64. That's so, that's so random, but 38, Psalms, Psalms, 38. Say that, Psalms, Psalms, Psalms. So we'll get to that later, but um, who's heard of the kissing machine? Santos Alfano's, who's in the house? The kissing machine. So I don't know what Noah's kissing machine is, but me and my sisters, my sisters will be able to be a, uh, I think it's like a witness, a testimony to this so-called kissing machine. And so what it was is my dad was a kissing machine. And so I don't really remember myself being attacked by the kissing machine, but I do clearly remember, especially Liana, being attacked by the kissing machine. And so what it would be is dad would have Liana on her lap or something like that, being a good dad. Oh, good dad. And so um, this is where the emojis would come in. Is there an emoji picture up there? Here we go. And so what would it be is, like the emoji says, dad would go, or like kiss, like, everyone make a kissing sound. And so dad would just be kissing her all on the cheeks and all that. Nothing like slobbery, like yuck. No, just like little, just little kisses. And so what would happen is there was an on and off button on dad, which was his nose. Everyone touch your nose and say off, off. And so Leanna learned very early on to go off on that kissing machine. She knew just like you turn the TV off, you press the off button. And so to turn that kissing machine off, you press dad's nose, off. And so, so dad would get Leanna and be like... Kissing machine on. Dad would get in like kissing machine on and like and so Leanna would like touch his nose off, off, off. And then what dad would what dad would do is he'd go on and so Leanna would be like off and the dad would like, be like on again. And Leanna would like no off. And so like the and so what Leanna learnt from a young age as like a three year old under was that a, a, the um there's a necessary button. Yeah? Everyone say that there's a necessary button. There's a necessary button. And so just like that off button was necessary for Leanna to stop being kissed, there's buttons that we need in our life that are necessary to do things, yeah? So is that cool? And so going back to the unoffendable stuff, at the very start we talked, we, I proposed this question. Who knows people that just touch all our buttons? Yeah? 
I'm not the one that gets annoyed. I'm not the one that gets frustrated. It's just like, they just, oh, they just know how to touch my buttons. Like when Adelaide is beating Richmond, it just presses my buttons. But, and so what we talked about, there's, um, so what the, what the question is for is, what's the easiest way to not have your buttons pressed, touched, pushed? We should, don't have buttons. Look at that chorus. Come on, keep that stuff up. Oh, get that off the screen. We rebuke that in Jesus' name. We rebuke that in Jesus' name. But, um, and so, uh, not have any buttons is a way to not have your buttons pressed right. But today I'm going to be a bit controversial and talk about the one button we need, the one necessary button. Just like Leanna needed the off button to stop being kissed, just like to stop that kissing machine, there's a necessary button for us to be able to be unoffendable. Cool? So tell the person next to you, we're going to hear the unoffendable button. The unoffendable button. So the buttons that we've talked about that we don't want with things like jealousy and anger. And so when we have these and other buttons in our life, we get hurt. We don't forgive others, and we end up becoming offended, yeah? And so, so many people fall short from all that God has for them because they let small, insignificant things stop them. And so, Proverbs 14.4 says this, and we will all know this here, without an oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. Come on, somebody. And so, with no animals in the, the stable, with no animals, the stable has no mess, no poo, no stink, no problems, Yeah? And so, but there's a bigger problem. If you don't have the ox, you don't have a harvest. So you need the animals to have the harvest. And so all those small problems that an animal has does not compare to the problems you have without it, yeah? And so for us, as, so for with us, say us, one youth stays clean. Without us, one youth stays clean. There's no issues, there's no offenses, but we need youth to achieve one heart church's vision, which is, say it with me, to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love our community. Come on, somebody. And when we are large and relevant, we are a strong ox. That's, that's just the truth. When we are large and relevant, we're a strong ox. And so um, the, the reality is people are living life with a destination of hell. That's the, that's the point of life. We're either going to heaven or hell. No, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. That's just the truth. But then, um, but that's our harvest. Those people getting to heaven is our harvest. That's what we're here for, to see our friends, our family, our school teachers, the people that annoy us. Our job is to get them from going to hell to heaven, yeah? That's the Bible. That's what we're here for. That's what we've got to be. Come on, somebody. It's only when we are mature believers, unoffendable, looking at past each other's faults and seeing our collective strength in loving our community and seeing, and seeing them know Jesus, not know of Jesus, know Jesus. We're going to be a place where we're going, you know what? Together we are stronger. Together we're going to be a place where people encounter God's presence. They encounter Jesus' love. Not just know about, he was some man that had a beard that lived 33 years and died. No, no, but he loves us and has a plan and purpose for us. Is that cool? And so we've got to be that place. And so my vision for youth is to release the animals. Genesis 8, 17. I reckon I know it off by heart. It says, God says to Noah in verse 15, release the animals so they can be fruitful and multiply. No, sorry. It says, release all the animals, the ones that the livestock, the ones that scurry along the ground, and the birds, so that it can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth, right? And so, um, before, before we, pause, let me do, we pause, the Bible is so good. Now, I know, keep Psalms 38, because we'll get there short, soon. But the Bible, you read your Bible, and God will speak to you. Now, I'm going to get to that later. Remind me of this thought, guys. There's a story that Josh, you have to tell me. Remind me later. I'm going to keep going. But so, I want us to close our eyes, right? Now, before we do, who's seen Evan Almighty? You know, like... Um, the, the ark, and they, he's like, there's floods coming, and he keeps throwing the big beard, he shaves it off, then he closes his eyes, and it's like the beard's there again. 
heaven almighty. Yeah, yeah. And so who, see, who remembers that scene with that vast crowd of animals? Just like the horizon, just full of animals, right? That is what the ark was like. There's any animal you can think of, go to the zoo, times up by three. That's how many animals there are on earth. So close our eyes. And I just want you to picture an ark with that, that amount of animals streaming out, growing out, like elephants, whatever that sound is, not that. Everything, just imagine that. Close your eyes, imagine that. Imagine all those animals, this hippo, uh, honey badger, spitting llama, horse, caterpillar. Just think, think of all those animals out there, right? Now, that's a picture. You can open up your eyes again. But if we think about as us as a youth ministry, we're going to be a place with so many different people, small people, big people, round people, gifted people, very gifted people, extremely gifted people. That is a picture of our youth ministry. That is what we're going to go, you know what? We're going to pray and believe that we're going to see a place where there's just so many young people being released, being fruitful for their, for their future, yeah? And so, um, and I just got to go remind myself, go, Josh, just like there's that, that scene on Evan Almighty with all those animals, that is a, a, a spiritual concept for one youth's future. What we see now is definitely not our future. Come on, somebody, we're going to agree with that. And so, and another thing I liked about that picture is that all those animals on the ark were equal. So one might could have got crushed by something else technically, but together on that ark, they were all equal. And so out in the world, we might go, how cool is the elephant? Kick that caterpillar, kick that cat, as Claire loves to say. But, um, uh, but on the ark in youth, outside people might go, oh, the person that plays football is really cool and let's not worry about everyone else. But at youth, just like at ark, everyone is equal. We're all on an equal playing field. Is that cool? That's, and so this quote here from Craig Rochelle. So if you go on Instagram, you go at Craig Rochelle. He has this here. Your calling is too big, say too big, to be offended by something small. Now, I love this because I was talking to, who remembers Luke Rasmuff and the big beard guy that came to youth last year? We're actually doing a game that I got from his youth group. So there you go, Pastor Luke, if you listen to me, you're awesome. But I was telling him about all this unoffendable stuff I've been preaching at youth and he, and he tagged me in this like next week later. So Craig Rochelle is taking what we're doing, must be. But he said this, your calling is too big to be offended by something small. And so um, now too often in life we'll see people leave youth because they get offended, right? And so if we talk to someone who's used to come to youth and why they're not here, if I say, hey, why don't you come to youth? It's often a reply we receive is something like this. Um, they'll be like, there's a boy or girl who's at youth and we got offended by them for being in a relationship that didn't work out. But, and when we, like, it'd be something like that. Oh, I can't go there anymore because that boy goes there and I used to go out with him and now we, we broke up. But really, realistically, they should have never been in a relationship in the first place. And so we let little dumb things like being in a relationship we shouldn't be in offend us and go, I can't go back there now because that person's there. But it's like, no, we've missed the point. Our, our calling is too big to get offended by something small. So that, that's, there's so many things where people get offended by dumb things. It's like, why are you even in a relationship in the first place? Like, grow up, but we'll, we'll keep going. We'll be positive. And so I want to say this way. Our future is too big to be offended by others' poo. Yeah? Because if we look at that, at that, what we saw in Proverbs about the ox in the stable, say, say that after me. Our future is too big to be offended by others' poo. <laughs> Our future is too big to be offended by others' poo. And it's so true. We can't let other people's poo and stink offend us because it kills our future, our collective best growth, yeah? So you remember that. When you come complain to me about others, I say, you've got to remember your calling is too big to be offended by others' poo. And so who controls you? That's the question we're going to ask. Who controls us, others or you? For example, so talking about poo, someone could poo on you, not, hopefully not physically, 
But someone could just do, offend us and we go, you know what? Do we react out of what they said to us? Or do we say, you know what? I'm going to show love. I'm going to show grace because I have control of my life, not them. Is that true? And so we've got to do that. Our future is too big to let them control us by their poo. And so we'll keep going. And so back to the, who remembers the kissing machine from the start? We're finally getting through it. The kissing machine, off, press stop button. We're going to be talking about the necessary button. And so we're going to read Psalms 38, then we'll pray. So everyone's there, Psalms 38. Psalms 38. Oh, wrong one for me. Psalms 38. Psalms. Everyone say, say, Psalms. Psalms. All right. O Lord. Oh, so it says, a Psalm of David asking God to remember him. So David was a king, and we're going to look at him a bit today. So, O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Your arrows have struck deep and your blows are crushing me. Because of your, because of your anger, my whole body is sick. My health is broken because of my sins. Say my sins. My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and stink. That's a cool one. Who's ever had a wound that festers and stinks? Ugh, yuck. Uh, uh, because of my foolish sins. Say my foolish sins. I am bent over and racked with pain. All day long I walk around filled with grief. A raging fever burns within me and my health is broken. I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. You know what I long for, Lord. You hear my every sigh. Who's so grateful that God hears us? He hears our every low point and he hears our every high point. He hears our every sigh. My heart beats wildly. My strength fails and I'm going blind. My loved ones and friends stay away fearing my disease. Hmm. Even my own family stands at a distance. Meanwhile, my enemies lay traps to kill me. Those who wish me harm make plans to ruin me. All day long they plan their treachery. Here we go. But I am deaf to all their threats. I am silent before them as one who cannot speak. I choose to hear nothing and I make no reply. For I am waiting for you, O Lord. You must answer for me, O Lord my God. I prayed, don't let my enemies gloat over me or rejoice at my downfall. I am on the verge of collapse, facing constant pain. But I confess my sins. I am deeply sorry for what I have done. I have... Many aggressive enemies, they hate me with reason. They repay me evil for good and oppose me for pursuing good. Oppose me for pursuing good. Do not abandon me, O Lord. Do not stand at a distance, my God. Come quickly to help me, O, my, o Lord, my Savior. Hey, Aaron, is there a countdown going? Okay. I don't know where I'm at. Hopefully we don't go for too long. I'm just going to pray. God, we just thank you for what we just read there in, in Psalms 38 about what you're going to say to us, God. We pray that we pray. We pray that you help the mighty spitting llamas win the, the chocolates tonight, come home with the goods, and God, we just pray that you give those, those honey badges some grace, and we just thank you that we have competition to crush. But God, we just pray for this word. May, may, it, may it touch our lives, help us be better, help us be bigger, and we thank you in your name. And everyone said, amen. So we're just going to quickly look at a few verses there. And so verse 3 and verse 5 talked about David's foolish sins. So, and so what it talked about, he had ownership of his sins. So sins for us are when we have oops or no moments. When we do things that we shouldn't have done, said things we shouldn't have said, that's what a sin is, yeah? But, we, but in verses 3 and 5, David clearly talks about my sins, my foolish sins. So he's saying, I take ownership for the problems that I've made. And that's a huge key. We've got to take ownership for the things we do. 
Um, and so Pastor Rob shared this a few weeks ago at church. You might have remembered it. Proverbs 39.3. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness then are angry with God. And so what he was talking about is we can't blame God for the dumb things we do. Yeah? Who agrees that? We can't blame God for the dumb things we do. But we've got to be like David and take ownership for our poo. Yeah? And so I spoke at church a few, a few weeks ago as well, talking about me first. Who remembers that? Me first. Everyone say, me first. Me first. And I was talking about a bit of the contradictory Bible, how we have this book where sometimes it can seem to contradict itself. Like, often the Bible's all about others, others, others. Love others, love others, love others. Love others, love others, love others. We can't have anything on us. We've got to be loving others. But then I'll talk a bit about the contradictory, the contradictory Bible where actually we've got to be looking at things in us before we start worrying about others. For example is, uh, I'll read it like this. Um, uh, so often we, have, we see the small problem in others neglecting the huge problem in us. So, um, but we've got to first, uh, we need to be first in addressing our sins and our stink before we try fixing or blaming others' mess and stink, yeah? And so um, often... Uh, what we and so often what we don't like about others, so the things that annoy us in others, in another context we're doing that to context we're doing that to someone else. So rather than writing about fixing other people's problems, we've got to go, God, me first. How do I fix what I'm doing to stop annoying others, rather than trying to worry about getting other people annoyed? Yeah, hopefully that makes sense. And so verse two said this: Your arrows have struck deep, and your blows are crushing me. And so. Basically, David is saying the convictions from God is a challenge. The convictions of God in my life are actually making me think about things and it's a burden. And so that's a good thing. When you have conviction that, you know, I'm doing something wrong, I'm not in the right place, that's a good thing to go, you know what, I can't handle this anymore. I've got to change. I've got to do something better, yeah? It's good to have a, a, a burden. And so, and, but you know what, it said there, um, but we've got to thank Jesus. He freed us from our oops, no, no moments. So, um, so we don't have to live in shame. And if you feel unworthy, I've got to tell you, Jesus loves you. If you listen on the podcast and you might go, I just do, dumb, I do so many dumb things. I, I, I'm such a bad person. Jesus loves you so much that he sees you beyond that shame. You don't have to hold on to it. It's good to have a conviction to change, but you can't let those things overwhelm you that you don't do anything in life because Jesus loves you. And who, who believes that? Jesus loves them. Verse 11, this is, this is getting to where we're getting, there, we're getting, somewhere, getting somewhere, somebody. My loved ones and friends stay away fearing my disease. Even my own family stands at a distance. And so who's heard the quote from me? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It's not my quote, it's just one I love. And so another one is, um, uh, so David's friends and family know sin can be a big deal and it's infectious. Tell the person next to you, sin is infectious. Sin is infectious. And so, um, uh, and so who, who's watched Star of Wimpy Kid? The Cheesy Touch. I can't do an, uh, a, um, a, uh, what's the, an Indian accent. Is it Raj? Is that his name is on it? No, not, no, no what is his name? Star of Wimpy Kid, the Indian kid, the short one? Carmel, do you know? Stop going on Instagram and take notes. What is, what's the Indian's name on Star of Wimpy Kid? Anyone know? We're useless. But who, who knows who I'm talking about that character? And he's sure as. And he talks about the cheesy touch. The cheesy touch. Anyone knows what I'm talking about? And so there's that bit of cheese that fell on the, the, the basketball court and someone touched it after a long time and he had the cheesy touch. And so everyone stayed away from that cheesy touch. Yeah? 
And so basically sin can be like that cheesy touch. And when we're a mature believer, we go, you know what? That sin is a cheesy touch. and I don't want to get that cheesy touch. I'm going to stay away from those people because I'm protecting myself from that cheesy touch. And so David's family here, you know what? It said they're they're staying away because they feared my disease. Even my family stands at a distance. When good people in our life start staying away, they're, they're avoiding the cheesy touch. They're avoiding the sin in our lives. And so we've got to go, you know what, God? Help me uh, uh, get this right and understand that what I'm doing is actually going to affect someone else. And I want to be living the best life helping them rather than them being afraid of the cheesy touch. They want to hang around me and be around me because they're not going to be affected by the sin of my life. Because as, as a quote, another quote goes, um, if you play with fire, you might get burned. And so we've got to make, go, if we're seeing people staying away, we've got to go, God, help me be a person that they want to be with me, that, that I actually bring life rather than bring death to their life, yeah? Sweet. Now, this is it. This is, who's ready for the, 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 the drum? Psalms, Psalms 38, 13 to 14 says this, But I am deaf to all their threats. I am silent before them as one who cannot speak. I choose to hear nothing and make no reply. Now, who saw my social media hint the other night? Who saw that? I had a social media friend. I go to the screen. This is what it was. Unoffendable, the mute button. And so we see there, that's if you're taking notes, we're talking about unoffendable, the mute button. Say that. Unoffendable, the mute button. And so uh, the, the mute button is your necessary button. Just like Leanna needed that off button on Dad's nose to stop the kissing machine, we need the mute button in our lives. And so uh, does your mute button work? Tell the person next to you, ask the person next to you, does your mute button work? Podcasts, podcast listener, does your mute button work? And so I think it's such an important key to be able to ask ourselves, do we have a mute button? Are we able to choose to hear nothing and be deaf before people and our enemies? Because David was. And so I, what I loved about David is he doesn't actually just say this. He lived this out from a young age. For example, if you go to your Bibles in 1 Samuel 17, now we're not going to look read heaps of it, but that's more of taking notes, 1 Samuel 17, is a Philistine giant called Goliath. He's heard of Goliath. And so he was talking a big fairy tale that scared the whole nation of David's country's army. They were freaked out by this fairy tale that they, this Goliath was saying. It was like, it's doing like the whole fee bar full from rubbish, like just dribble and, and, and filth is coming out from his lips. And David hears it and just goes, mute. He just mutes it. Nothing to hear here, boys. I just block that straight out. And so if we read... Um, if, uh, uh, and so before I go, before I read it, but who knows parents can be really gifted at the mute button. Like they know how to block you out. So for, for an example could be you might get home and go, hey, mum or hey, dad, um, have a guess what? And you're just talking about something. You might have, might have won an award. And they'll just mute button and block you out. And then the next day they're looking at the newspaper. Oh, Josh. Oh, oh Carmel. Oh, oh, Sam. You won best and fairest at footy. And you were like, uh, I told you yesterday, if you didn't mute button, block me out. Who knows how parents can just block you out sometimes? They're gifted at it. But uh, David was just as well gifted at it. Um, uh, all they zone out. But can we go to the next slide quickly? Here we go. Who, this is the best meme ever. It's like the most legit one. That moment you lower the music when looking for the street address so you can see better. Now, who knows when you're, you're in a foreign place, you're going somewhere new for the first time, and the music might be pumping, my breeze is going to, and you're like, oh, I've got to turn this down so I can see, I can see better. How funny is that? We've got to turn music down so we can see better. And um, 
but it's so true, that moment you lower the music when looking for the street address so you can see better. And so traveling with my mum, going to new destinations happened all the time. It was a classic. We were like pumping the Jesus beats and she'll have to turn it down so she can see the address or something. It's like, okay. But um, uh, 1, 1 Samuel 17, 32 to 33 says this. And so what I'm going from that mean to this is that we got to sometimes block a noise to be able to see something else better. So this is what these verses, that's what David did. He blocked out the noise. He muted David, Goliath's evil filth so he could see something else. So verses 32 to 33. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul he was a king. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's a man of war since his youth. But I love the fact that David goes, you know what? He didn't even hear the, the threats of Goliath. He didn't even hear the rubbish he was speaking. He muted that and he heard what God was wanting to, for his future. And so he blocked out Goliath and saw God. He saw Jesus. And so we've got to do that same thing in our lives. When there's an enemy's voice barking in our ear, being filth, we've got to go, I mute that in Jesus' name and I see Jesus. I've got to mute that voice and look to Jesus. Who agrees with me? And so the one button you need, the necessary button to be unoffendable is the mute button. And so does your mute button, mute button work and when do you stop listening? We've got another slide there, that monkey emoji. Put that down on your thing, do, 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 do that. When do you stop listening? When do you use your mute button? And so I just want to give us a few um, examples about that. I think the next slide is, there's a quote there from Samuel Rodriguez. He's a pastor from America and so lot. A few weeks ago, I was live streaming the Planet Shakers conference from Daystar, and he was preaching, and he had this line. And so the other thing was, who's, who's heard of NBN? It's meant to be like really good internet, but it's like where I live, it's like crashes every three minutes when you're trying to watch a live stream of a, of a, of a thing. And so I'm this, watching this, and it was cutting in and out, and so I was actually able to get this quote in the internet, so God must have been trying to speak to me. But it says this, if their praise didn't make you, their criticism won't crush you. I'm going to say that again. If their praise didn't make you, their criticism won't crush you. And oh, wow, that's powerful. And so in life, where does your security come from? Um, if, it's, if someone's saying, oh, Leanne, you're so pretty. You're so pretty. Oh, oh you're so pretty. If, if that's where you get your, your security from life comes, um, uh, you're in trouble because when you don't look pretty, and criticism comes, you'll be crushed, right? Who agrees with that? If someone's saying, oh, you're so pretty, you're so pretty, you smell so good. When you stink and criticism comes, you're in trouble. And so we got to mute that voice and, and look to Jesus. And so Psalms 19, 119, 165 says this in the King James Version. So this is like the old school, like back speaking proper English. It's like, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. And so... <laughs> Great peace um, have, have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Basically, when we love the Bible, we get security in our identity, find value, have great peace and unoffendable. And so we've got to love the Bible. Um, so um, if, there's pra- if their praise didn't make you, their criticism won't crush you. And so we've got to be a place where we're getting our identity from this book, from God's word, not from people. So when, then, when the negativity comes, we've already muted that out. Because they go, yeah, it's cool if you say I'm a good preacher, but my, when you criticize my preaching, I don't get my validations from you. I'm new to that. I get it from this book and from what God's saying to me. And so I really want to encourage you to that. And with the Bible, I want to talk about the Bible quickly. When I was a 
the Bible, when you just read the Bible, get into the Bible, God will speak to you. For example, I got a cousin called Nala. Say Nala. And so when she was really young, like three-year-old, who's had seen those kids' books that are normally about yay big and they're pages like card cardboard and they're like almost like a centimetre thick. Who knows those little books I'm talking about? And it's like, it's called like the early kids' Bible or something like that. And it was like three words a page and all of it was pictures. And she goes to me, Josh, read me this story. I'm like, okay. And so I was reading her this story about Jesus' birth and stuff. And so it was literally like three page, like three words a page. But God spoke to me through that Bible. And so I'm, I'm sitting down reading her this, this Jesus' birth Bible book thing. And it's it seen when Jesus was born. It w- and the picture had animals everywhere. And God spoke to me through that saying, Josh, if you want to see salvations at youth, if you want to see Jesus being born in the hearts of young people, you have a place full of animals. And I was just like, mind blow that releasing animals, when we have a place where we're releasing the animals, where people come here to, to be fruitful and multiply, we're going to see Jesus be born in that environment. We're going to have Jesus come into people's lives and have salvations. And God spoke to me that through little kids' three-page Bible book. And God can do the same thing through our actual, actual Bible. And so I want to encourage you, get in God's word because he will speak and he's, he's not limited by what translation you have, whether it's a picture kid's baby translation or the, the King James when you have Michael accent or whatever it is. But so um, a voice, so for an example, a voice that I have to mute in my life is, is Satan's voice. And so for example, a voice that I hear come to me that challenge me that aren't of Jesus is you can't get bigger than 30. You can't have a full band. You can't write songs. But I have to hold the word of God as my foundation, not my enemy's voice, and we're going um, to see God move in this place. And so I mute that, that voice in Jesus' name and go, you know what, no, we're going to kill 30. We're going to have 60. We're going we're gonna to go to 500. Um, you can't have a full band. No, no, we're going to have so many bands that, that, that kids' church is going to have bands because we're just trying to use people. We're going to have so many songs written that we can't have an album big enough to record them all on. And so I, go, I mute those voices. Now, you know what? We've got to sometimes listen to those things and go, that's true. But we, go, we don't let that discourage you. We mute that and go, we hold on to the word of God. says that we're going to release the animals to be fruitful and multiply. And so voices you have to mute in Jesus' name is to talk about those things. I'm talking about sin justification. Say sin justification. And so I haven't got a perfectly um, worded script for what this means. It's just something that God sort of spoke to me about over a while. And I haven't got a cool quote for it yet, but it's something that God's, I think we need to understand. So um, sin, so obviously sin justification is when people, oh no, sorry, to go talk about that, a sin is when you know what is wrong and do it or know what isn't wrong and don't do it. For example, so if something is right and you don't do it, you're sinning. But if you know something is wrong and you do it, you're sinning as well. So hopefully that kind of makes sense. So sin justification is when people make you sin or make you do what, make you do or not do what is wrong to to make it right in their eyes so that's what sin justification is is when someone else tries to make you do what is either wrong or make you not do what is right to justify being wrong (laughs) does that make sense it's kind of a weird one but that's what sin justification is is when people try to make you do something that's not good to make it right which is is never true that's and so the first example of that is in genesis 3 6 and so um, if you look, take notes of that, Genesis 3, 6. I'm not going to read it out, but it's about Adam and Eve. Who's heard of Adam and Eve? Noah's got this great question. He goes, if, if Eve never, no, if Adam never ate the fruit from Eve, what would have happened? Let's not talk about my response. But in that situation, Eve, Eve ate some fruit 
and she wanted to uh, sin justification, that action, by making Adam do it. So she'd say, Adam, we, I know this is wrong, but you eat this fruit, and now it's right. So that's wrong. We know that. And then it calls us all to have sin and problems. And so sin justification is wrong. Say that. Sin justification is wrong. And so we can't let, when we have a conviction about something, we can't let someone else's non-conviction about that make us do that as well. Because us trying to go with them, we're doing the wrong thing. So we can't be sin justification arrests, whatever that means. And so, uh, so just when, as Adam was challenged, you will be too, believe it or not. And uh, we've got to learn to put the mute button on in those situations. If only Adam had his mute button out, boom, we'd be in a different situation now. And so I want to, I want to question you, what movies do you watch? What TV shows do you watch? Um, what music do you listen to? When, when the friends you hang with, what's the language that you use? And with that in mind, I'm going to read these two Bible verses because this is what the Word of God says and this is what we, we use as our foundation. Obscene stories, foolish talk and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Hmm. Colossians 3.8, but now get rid of all dirty language. Now that's what the Word of God says. I'm going to read those again. Obscene stories, foolish talk and coarse jokes, these are not for you. But now get rid of all dirty language. And that was in Ephesians 5, 4 and Colossians 3, 8. So with that being said, do we watch movies with those things in them? Do we watch TV shows with that kind of language, with that kind of dirty jokes, um, dirty stories and stuff like that? And if that's the case, for me, I got convicted by God to say, you know what, Josh, you can't watch M-rated movies that has sexual references. You can't watch TV shows that rated M with sexual references because it's not, the word of God says that is not for me. Dirty jokes are not for you. And so I had to stop talking to my friends that would say dirty jokes. Because as a Christian, that is not right. And me going with them is not, sin justification never works. It is never good. And so um, if the Bible says it's wrong, I won't watch them. I won't listen to them. And so people, but when we have that conviction, people will try to challenge you on that thing. They'll go, oh, just skip, just skip that scene. Oh, oh, just skip. Don't worry about that, but we can't let their sin justification of why they don't think it's wrong, when we know it's wrong, let us. And we're going to have that conviction, go, you know what, no, we believe to do something. We're going to mute that button. We're going to be unoffendable and press no to that voice, yeah? Who agrees that we've got to be able to do that? And so uh, uh, Titus 1.15 says this, Everything is pure to those who are p- whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving, because their minds and consciences are corrupted. Now, I, this happened to me heaps at school. And my not, I might have said something just so randomly. It could be like, that looks beautiful. And then to those, because I have a pure heart, then to other people around me were like, oh, ha, 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 ha. Because they, they took it as a dirty joke. They, they thought it was disgusting and wrong. Who's ever had that where you say something at school and, and you have people around you that like thought you're an idiot or like laughed at you because they took it dirty? No, I'm the only one that had this problem. And so Amy had it as well. And so we, but we got to go, you know what? We got to live that pure life where we have that mute button. We go, you know what? You think it's funny, but I'm going to remain pure. You, you think that you're corrupt, your heart is corrupted and wrong, but I'm not going to let that determine what goes into my head. I'm going to be able to say things. Now, there's things that are inappropriate. We won't say it, obviously. But when we can, let's have a pure heart where we can say things and not worry about the, the dirtiness in it. Because we've got to have that mute button to go, you know what? I'm not going to be in that dirty situation. Last one, gossip. So often we can have people go, 
did you hear what Josh did? Did you hear what Sean did? Or did you see how he did that or did that? We go, you know what? We mute that button. We reject to hear that voice because when people are saying, oh, did you see how cool Sean was? That's actually not a gossip. That's a, that's a positive. But we've got to go, you know what? I see the value in Sean. I see the value in Mariah. I see the value in Carmel. Do, what, do some people annoy us? Of course they will. But let's not get on the gossip train. Let's get on the positive building train where we go, we mute that negative voice. That's the voice of Satan over their life. We're going to see what Jesus sees for them. We're going to see the value that Jesus sees on them and see them come into all that they have, yeah? How good, who believes for that? So now what we're going to do right now is Sam's going to quickly just get on his guitar. He wanted to do, do. And what, I'm just going to do a quick collective prayer. If you, and so if we can all just stand up and come to the front, if that's you, if you know, if not, it's not, no, if that's you. If you're someone who goes, you know what, Josh, I want to have the mute button that working in my life. I want to be someone that can go, you know what, I know when to press mute. I know when to press, I don't listen to that anymore, to hear God's voice, to hear what God, so we, as the, the, that meme said, you turn the music down to see better. We've got to turn the voices down around us so we can see Jesus better, yeah? So if that's you, come up, stand up, come to the front and just take a step forward and I'll just quickly pray for you individually that you can have a, a mute button working in life so you can be unoffendable, cool? So just say, I'm just quickly, just go through a song and I'll quickly pray for those that want prayer. And for those on the podcast, I'll finish this off here. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that we can have the power to have the mute button at work in our life, that we can have wisdom to go no to that. We can say no and press click and see you, Jesus, in, in the midst, that we can see your, your, your glory, your, your essence around us, that when others are gossiping, we see Jesus on that person. When, when we're getting convicted, we see you, Jesus, and we know what the right decision is, God. And we just thank you that you can have convictions in our lives to help us be all that we can be. Amen.